threatens Fabricius ruling this afternoon in the North Gauteng High Court in Pretoria that a medical doctor cannot be prosecuted if he assists a patient requesting to die. Robin Stransom Ford, suffering from terminal prostate cancer, approached the High Court asking the court to rule that a doctor who accedes to his request to be assisted to end his life is guilty of no wrongdoing. The case, a first of its kind in South Africa's legal history, our reporter in court this afternoon is Leela Machnes. She joins us on the line. Leela, thanks for your time. Good afternoon. What are some of the reactions to the ruling today? Well, obviously, the people from Dignity SA um, who assisted Robert Johnson Ford during this whole process were elated. They said it's an incredible step, um, not only for Stranum Ford, but also for other people who are terminally ill and really suffer from their illness, and that they say that this will hopefully um, help develop the common law in South Africa and that assisted dying in both its forms will eventually be legalized. Does this actually set a precedent now? Is this a precedent-setting case? Well, it's very technical. It is a precedent-setting case, but the judge made it very clear that this, his ruling is only um, can only be applied to Stranum Ford's to, to his specific condition and to his specific um, situation and circumstances. He said also that this ruling does not endorse the proposals of a draft bill, um, uh, and the bill's name is the end of life draft bill, as laying down the necessary conditions for the entitlement of the assistance for a medical doctor to help a person commit suicide. So he made it very clear that this is only um, pertinent to Stranum Ford, but by doing this, he developed the common law, common law in South Africa. So, yes, it does say the president. Was uh, Robert Stratham Ford in, in court today, and did he react to the ruling? No, he lives in Cape Town and he's really ill. I mean, in his court papers, he says um, he doesn't know if he's got, only got two to three days or two to three weeks still to live. So, you know, I assume he's too ill to travel. But we did speak to um, Professor Willem Landman from Dignity SA, and they've been in contact with him. And he said now that the, the order has been given, and Tranum Ford has had the, the support of his whole family and even his 12-year-old daughter throughout, the, throughout this whole process. And he will now, um, when he gets a doctor that will concede to help him, he will then decide when is the right time for him to leave this uh, Lila, you said the judge said that this ruling applies specifically to Stratham Ford's situation. What, what exactly is his situation in terms of how this uh, law is being applied now? Well, um, in the judgment, the judge said that um, Stratham Ford is, you know, he's an adult male. He is, by, you know, he's completely um, cognitive. He's by, he knows what he's doing. He's got the background um, in law. But that this is his, so it's an informed decision that he is making. Um, Stranum Ford suffers from terminal prostate cancer, and in some of the court papers, it says he suffers from severe pain, nausea, vomiting, stomach cramps, you know, constipation, disorientation, weight loss, loss of appetite, high blood pressure, and of increased weakness. The judge, however, made it clear that he doesn't want to put the 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 symptoms of the illness in the court case because then someone else can come and say, well, I suffer from the same thing. I want a court order like this as well. What what does this mean for the health profession, Leela? Has there been any reaction from the health professions council or or other doctors who may be interested in this case? 
Well, um, the Health Professions Council did not um, give comment as of yet, but we did speak to the spokesperson of the Minister of Justice, Ntunzi Marga, and they said that they will definitely ask for leave to appeal on Monday. The judge only gave his ruling. He didn't give the reasons. He will only give the reasons on Monday at 2 o'clock. And once the department's advocates go through the reasons, they are going to appeal, uh, you know, this judgment saying that, uh, you know, it's it's just there's no health care legislation to to, to legalise this. There's, you know, it's precedent setting. It, it affects such a big part of the healthcare profession, the legal profession, that they have to appeal this. And he says it's the first time that a court has ruled that the national prosecuting may not prosecute someone when they think a crime has been committed because as it stands at the moment, euthanasia or assisted death, you know, is a crime in South Africa. A- any reaction as yet from the Department of Health? No, not yet. Um, but the same advocates who represented the Minister of Justice also represented the Minister of Health. So um, I think it's safe to assume that they will support the application for leave to appeal. Leila Magnus, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, she's on the line to us from the North Gauteng High Court in Pretoria. They've just ruled that a medical doctor cannot be prosecuted if he assists a patient requesting to die. But it does apply specifically once. Uh, we do believe we have Advocate Mtunzi Maga on the line, the spokesperson for the Department of Justice. Advocate Maga, thank you very much for your time. Good afternoon. The question we were asking is, uh, does this ruling set a precedent for us in court? It does, uh, Dashin, uh, good afternoon, and Felisman, sorry. It does, and it has far-reaching implications from a constitutional point of view in terms of interpreting the right to life and right to dignity, and also from a legislative point of view in the absence of legislation regulating this kind of an act, and also from a healthcare professional's point of view, because no doctor has right to end one's life, and also given the fact that there's an order that NPA cannot prosecute the said doctor. Now, it also encroaches on the powers of the prosecuting authority to prosecute with with or without favor. Now, that's why we are going to take it on appeal, but we are waiting for written reasons from the judge who said he's going to provide sale in the afternoon on Monday. So in terms of this ruling, are you planning to oppose the, the ruling and when would that be done? We will appeal. We'll apply for... Um, we'll make a substantive application for leave to appeal on Monday once we get the reasons for the judgment, which will be provided in writing by the judge. Are you concerned that the, the judge has made it clear that the order should not be read as endorsing the proposals of the draft bill of, of end of life contained in, in the November 1998 Law Commission report? Have, do you feel as a Department of Justice this bill now it needs to be fast-tracked in order to clear up some of these questions that you've raised? Certainly, um, it has to be fast-tracked, revised as well. But of importance to us is the interpretation of the judgment itself and the possibility that exists of it being abused for future cases. I know it's... Uh, In the eyes of many, it's going to be like an academic exercise that we'll be doing, given the fact that the order has not been suspended Mm. uh, pending us moving an application for leave to appeal. If he wants, he can, as we speak, end uh, Mr. Ford's life, because the the, the judge indicated that he's not going to suspend the order. So for us, it's precedent-setting, it's a landmark judgment, 
best of its kind, and it has far-reaching implications from a legislative point of view and from a constitutional perspective point of view, as well as the powers of the NPA. It's unprecedented, and therefore we cannot just leave it like that. The concern is that this could be open to abuse or perhaps even criminality. Is that a concern for the Justice Department? As I've indicated, that the possibility of abuse thereof and misinterpretation of the judge, judgment rather, and the precedent it says it has far-reaching implications. It is of great concern to health, to NPA, to Minister of Justice as well, because we are respondents in the case. Uh, just, just one final question, then, advocates. I mean, the the court today said that it was it would be unjustifiable to limit the constitutional right to human dignity and freedom to bodily and psychological integrity. That was part of the reason why the court declared that common law crimes of murder or culpable homicide in this context of assisted suicide would be unjustifiably limiting its other rights. Is that a concern for the Justice Department in the sense that you could put mechanisms in place to curb or curtail the possibility of abuse or criminality while protecting this fundamental constitutional right to human dignity, to not you know, uh, suffering a terminal illness. In the absence of those mechanisms that you are alluding to, mm. it's problematic to us. And also, without touching or interrogating or zooming in on the other constitutionally entrenched rights to life, that judgment is problematic. Thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. That's Advocate Mtunzi Marker from the Department of Justice. We are still seeking uh, the, the Minister of Health, Dr.